This is the Roaring Oven podcast, and we're back, back again. Not just the dueling banjos that are Dave and me, but we have back a referee from last time as well to just be able to figure out who is the best one of us, I guess. I, I think this is more like a, a situation where we've got a, an expert on our hands, someone who's going to actually school us and tell us what's what. Well, he's definitely a practitioner. If you have listened to the previous uh, podcast, then you know that Marcel Jan has been a guest last time and is coming back today with the second half of the interview. If you haven't seen the previous, uh, haven't seen or listened to the previous episode yet, please do so. Otherwise, it might be hard to follow. <laughs> but he is a practitioner. He's a data uh, engineer, so he has. He's not just talking or thinking about this stuff. He's actually also working with this stuff and kind of has encountered the practical limitations and potential of this mm -hmm. uh, LLM, chat GPT, whatever, semantic search, whatever, technologies. But with that, uh, unless you have anything else to add? Nope, let's do it. Let's go into the second part of the interview. When, yeah. you, when you were talking, I was kind of reminding of Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. And I think we yeah. all agree that data has a lot of power these days. Data allows you to do a lot, whatever you want. Statistics was able to do, they have the whole live statistics and politicians, that are, I don't know. You can prove whatever you want if you have the data, if you just uh, torture it hard enough. Um, this makes it even more easy. And the whole thing with metadata, that's kind of the, I'm going to say age old because Hadoop is age old by now, uh, problem of data governance. I mean, the moment that we started working with big data, data governance became an issue. And data governance is exactly what you talked about, knowing what's in, not the actual data, yeah. but what it represents and what you can do with it and what, what kind of good answers you can get out of it. And what I see a lot of, uh, I mean, I talk to a lot of customers or users that want to start using this thing and the marketing hype around the whole Gen AI thing has really done a bad job because people are actually expecting magic. People are expecting intelligence from these things. And when you then explain to them, yeah, but this is just based on transformer model. It just predicts the next word and it's pretty good at that. It can sound like a real good human. It's not intelligent. People are even before with AI, you had to kind of convince people, but yeah, AI was complicated, mathematics, yeah, we don't trust that anyway, because that's weird. ChatGPT has such a nice front, uh, front end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Use the of interacting, very yeah. easy to interact It's very with. human. It's a very human mm -hmm. point of interaction. And all of those companies, I mean, look at the Gemini presentation. Uh, okay, it was faked in the end. We, we know that by now. But <laughs> the reason that people are so engaged by it was because it was really like talking to another person. It was no longer that strange mathematical, esoterical stuff. It was a person and we trust people, right? I mean, real people we don't trust for some reason. And it's a real person. We're very sarcastic and skeptical. But if a computer starts looking like a human, all preconceptions go out the door. We say, yeah, it must be true. It yeah. makes it very Well, difficult. yeah. So I think... Uh, that doesn't mean that we won't be using uh, uh, large language models in the future. Uh, I think there will be definitely great use cases. It's not because you can, and, you should. And, and I do have to say, uh, like I, uh, like I uh, uh, sent in my mail uh, when I, uh, I sent to you, I do use Copilot uh, because mm. it, it helps me on my way building things. Do I want uh, to click the uh, type the top key for every suggestion it makes? No. Uh, I had some very humorous results in, from Copilot <laughs> as well. I, I said uh, I, I had a, an error warning from Pandas, and I was thinking, well, I want to make that warning, take that serious. So I put in a comment, I get this warning, and then the Copilot uh, 
finish the sentence with, but it's probably okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I write my software too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, I do have to say uh, uh, a lot of the beginning of, of my uh, astronomy uh, pipeline that was uh, really sped up with uh, with Copilot, definitely. But there's just certain things you don't should not expect. Uh, uh, things like Copilot to do all the Python coding for you, because at a certain point you find out, well, there's things like writing if then else things for me, but there's also things like uh, having a good uh, Python folder structure, which I'm now learning mm. uh, more and more about, or creating uh, unit tests that you probably have to think about yourself, <laughs> even though it can give you a good hint how to make them, mm -hmm. you can. It, it will give you great suggestions of how they can look like, but then you have to pick up the, uh, the, the, the work yourself again and think about, okay, what, what should this unit test look like then? Yeah, but Copilot, I mean, a lot of my users uh, have stopped using Copilot. When it came out, they kind of looked at it, evaluated it, and said, yep, yeah, this is great. I mean, templates are good, boilerplate code is good. This is just custom-made, fit-for-purpose boilerplating. Great, so they started using it, and it actually got called back by the legal department because of the copyright possibilities. As mm. the copilot has grabbed stuff from the internet somewhere, and a lot of these internet models have been trained on data they shouldn't have had access to. I mean, <laughs> I think it was a couple of weeks ago that one of the big newspapers did a, a, a legal thing against OpenAI, ChatGPT. I don't remember, and it just came, kind of came back with the answer, yes, we know we took data we shouldn't have taken but if we hadn't we couldn't have done this so it's okay yeah yeah okay yeah. fine whatever but still if you then start writing code and you can't do this you can't make sure that there's not copyrighted stuff in there and as a counter move i think both amazon microsoft and maybe google i'm not entirely sure about google now have things in their legalese of the chat gpt kind of things that if you get copyright infringed we will indemnify you but yes, identification, mm. there's a lot of small print in those things. So a lot of my use, I mean, I don't know a single one anymore that still allows their people to actually use uh, co-pilots and they go, most of them go to the point where they physically block, firewall block access to the internet-based uh, models to just make sure that they can always prove in the end didn't came from the internet. One of my engineers, by coincidence, wrote something very similar to somebody else. That happens. Mm. I mean, there's only so many ways you can write code. If you have an if-then-else test to check two numbers, there's not that many places you can change that. But at least, well, we have documented here, we have closed off the port to LLMs, whatever. So no, you cannot hit us with that one. And that's another thing, the whole copyright, uh, the, the, yeah, the privacy, things like that. Same with images in video games at the moment. Just read that last week. Again, also copyrighted stuff popping up in video games because they used uh, Dali or I always forget the Nordic name. Midjourney. Thank you, Midjourney. Mid yeah. uh, that it came from there somehow. And uh, again, hobby projects, having fun with it, playing around with it. Yeah, I do that too. I mean, I, don't, I like tech. I think this is great tech. I mean, I'm going to mention blockchain. I have to mention blockchain once every <laughs> episode. Anyway, I love the blockchain technology. I hate what people are being forced to do with it. And I'm so afraid that for the whole LLM Gen AI thing, we're going to end up in kind of the same thing where people abuse it so far that at, at the end, people simply don't trust it anymore. And Whenever it comes up, it's got, oh, it's ChatGPT, let's not go there. And that would be so sad for a technology this this good, this is great. Mm. 
Yeah, I think there will be a kind of a reset in how we look at these uh, these large language models. Of course, uh, a couple of months ago, everything was, oh, great, look at this, you can do this. And now we find out, for example, uh, I used stable diffusion for creating images. And now I just don't bother anymore because they're never really exactly what I want. And uh, yeah, and then, and but uh, on the other hand, on, on the other hand, uh, I see with uh, Copilot that, uh, for example, uh, when it came out, uh, a lot of financial organizations organization said, uh, "Not no, we're not going to use this because it also sends data back to OpenAI, and we don't want to share our code." So that was very valid. But I mm. uh, know at least one bank in the Netherlands, a large bank in the Netherlands, that now has uh, implemented Copilot in a way that they say now you can use it. So that was quite mm. kind of surprising, actually quite fast too. So yeah, I, it, I think it is that, happening. Yeah, I, I think some of this is going to come down to the the sort of the needs to be balanced, like, like a lot of these things. And I think the the example you used a little while ago around you know um, someone who's unfamiliar with with sort of writing SQL queries or something like that, um, and then you've you've got of I almost think that there's there's sort of someone trying to do something for the first time and just trying to understand like maybe what what could this look like it feels like that you know sort of makes sense at least um for for that sort of explanation that sort of usage but the challenge with that is that you've got someone that has no experience in the, the thing that they're asking for and therefore they've got no way to verify quality check um yeah. you know understand how how good the the recommendations they're being given are you've then got this kind of next level up of experience and expertise where somewhere which i think is the sweet spot where someone has a decent amount of experience and expertise in something and they're using you know lms whether that's you know Copilot or its its uh, its similar offerings, to take away some of the busy work, but to your point, like you don't hit tab on all the suggestions, yeah. um, <laughs> you don't, and and also you, you know you have the knowledge of like oh well, that's not bad, but actually if I tweak it this way, this is a little bit more efficient or whatever it might be, and I think that with the current technology. And the current kind of state feels like um, feels like the the kind of sweet spot. And then I think you've got this this kind of third state beyond, where the experience of the person maybe hasn't moved, hasn't changed that much, but they're asking the LLMs to do things that are significantly beyond their level of knowledge and experience. And I think those are sort of where where things again like get a little bit more sketchy a little bit more risky because again like you're going outside of your comfort zone and you know maybe you can verify some of it but like you know there's there's always these cases where you have uh, and like this is not exclusive to LLMs like we definitely have situations where you know a whole you know an entire team wrote a bunch of code you know, so many days, weeks, months, years ago, that team moves on, another team inherits, picks up the code, looks at it and goes, I've no idea how this stuff works. And like has <laughs> to then go and, and dig into it. So like, I, 
to me, this kind of this middle ground feels like sane and sensible and good and like relatively uncontentious. Although I'm sure Jon will object because you know Jon loves to object. Um, <laughs> I but, never object. I think but the the kind of the early stage and the like the, the like stretch cases seem to me at least seem to be the the more concerning. Yeah, yeah it's a bit. It's, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a bit like uh, you heard that uh, case uh, from a couple of months ago with that lawyer who uh, was looking for uh, uh, previous occurrences of certain. Uh, uh, yeah, there were there were some 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 things uh, that he uh, I call it. I'm not so good at legalese, but they found he was looking for previous uh, experience. Uh, references and then they said uh, well maybe i can ask ChatGPT, and it did that and then get oh yeah i have this and then it came in front of the lawyer and the lawyer said well i've checked this and none of these are <laughs> are actually <laughs> they don't exist. existing cases so none of these are good uh yeah. so go back home <laughs> yeah that, and and things like that will probably happen i think we're going to see all kinds of uh good uh, uses and mm. bad uses I have a, in my Evernote documents, I also have an Evernote documents with all kinds of AI related news. And there's uh, <laughs> definitely a, a, a chapter in there called uh, AI gone wrong or something. <laughs> wonderful wonderful uh, uh, yeah, cases of things that you, now you should not use it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, for uh, me, the middle ground you talk about is very, very narrow. Because either you are an expert and using any kind of AI is, is going to slow you down, basically, because you can you, you pretty much know what you need to do. So you don't need it. In the middle ground, where you kind of want a quick start and then make it feasible, yep, that's, I think, what I like. But I think the most of the AI usage will be in that first part where people have no clue what they're doing, promise something somewhere, don't have time. We don't, nobody has time anymore. And if I can... Mm. Get a corner, do it quickly, and yeah. it'll be okay. And <laughs> as long as it's only a legal case that gets thrown out, I mean, yeah, murders can go free that way, of course. So yes, it is serious, but there are even, I mean, think of hospitals and medicine dispensary, things like that. I'm, I mean, there has been some legislation happening now with the EU that kind of has these diff different uh, categorizations of uh, very important and not important, and it's okay if it goes wrong kind of things. But there's very little in, in, in kind of enforcement of or penalties and stuff like that. And as long as that's not there, uh, we're all cowboys at heart. And we love mm. to shoot around. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe maybe to explore a different uh, element, and I think Marcel Jan, you you mentioned. Um, sort of local running um, sort of LLMs a little while ago when you were talking about uh, PII data, for example. And I mm -hmm. think this is this is another sort of area of of LLMs that are, you know, in my opinion, like still needs to mature a little bit, um, which is that of the, the the trust of of LLMs essentially. So you've got, and again, I think there's a couple of areas here. You've got the the data that they're that they're trained on, formed on, created from in, on the one aspect, and then you've also got the data that you want to use with them. And like, how do you how do you trust the the model is one part of it, but also like how do you trust the the entity that you're working with with your potentially you know PII data? And I agree, you know, with with I think what you mentioned, which is you know local running models are sort of an option there at least for the the control of of the data that you're working with but that doesn't necessarily address the 
like the the way the models were created and trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th th there's there are, um, these aspects. Like, yeah, one is the, the don't, not wanting to share data with uh, parties like OpenAI because you don't want maybe to uh, have them train uh, have them training uh, their new models based on your data that you're sending to them. So you probably don't want that. Um, but if, of course, yeah, also it's the reliability. And uh, definitely with local running uh, LLMs, it's, I think, it's getting better. Uh, the mm. people working quite hard on it, but it's not, yeah. Uh, I think still, ChatGPT, I think four is still better than most of them, as, as last time I checked, but it's uh, getting closer, basically, yeah. Mm, actually, the, in my opinion, the distance is, is getting bigger, because if you look at Llama 2 and Alpaca, the, the more recent ones, and they're not that recent anymore, they're still on pre-GPT-3. So basically, they can pull up documents, but their summarization is quite bad, and they don't really do natural language that good either. And the problem that I, again, personal opinion, I could be totally wrong mm -hmm. here. I'm not uh, all-knowing, but at the moment, all of the advances in GPT, the difference between GPT-3, 4, 4 Turbo and everything, is solely how long they were trained. Because at the moment, you, have, you can have, put this on the plot on a graph where you can make your model more complex or train it longer. And one of the nice things about the transformer model is that the longer you train it, it kind of more than linearly, at the moment, gets better at what it does. So mainly the main difference between chapter three and four was it got trained half a year longer. They did some more fine tuning and it now understands what the CSV is and things like that. So they added some more stuff in there as well. But the main advantage was just by training it longer. And training longer, of course, in computer worlds has two dimensions, seconds and number of GPUs. I think uh, Facebook uh, recently it, uh, disclosed that they want to have a, a, an AI cluster of 350,000 GPUs up there. An open source project is not going to be able to do that. So there's so much money going on in this now. The GPTs and Vector and Bedrocks and all the other ones from the big from the big players, they're going to outpace whatever a simple Alpaca project can ever try to do, unless they can really make a generational leap on the way the transformer model works. That I would I would probably expect more in the open source world in the mm. commercial world because that's hard <laughs> you need to have intelligence mm. i mean has anybody ever asked chat gpt to make a better chat gpt <laughs> um <laughs> inception happening but that's why i'm kind of afraid that the the the, the gap is going to get broader and broader and broader and i'm i work a lot with government customers in the military and security areas as well they can obviously never use anything that's posted on the internet no. because that would just be a bit of a problem and they have looked around it. Now, a lot of the open source tools have a no military use uh, clause attached to it. Uh, OpenAI just recently lifted theirs quite, uh, mm -hmm. without making too much noise yeah, on it, but yeah. they lifted it. Mm -hmm. uh, I have no idea what Bedrock and Vertex do at the moment, but uh, if I would think that a non-internet-based location that has the resources to actually build this stuff would kind of be the security uh, industry, the, the, the defense, the, the three-letter acronym pieces, because they have a lot of money, or tax money, but they're not even allowed to even use them. They probably still do, but still, they will never get to open it up because they're not allowed to do it in the first place. And that's, I think that having it running locally, I don't see Microsoft ever or OpenAI ever releasing a, here is a chat GPT you can download and install yourself because their whole monetization is based on the fact that you send and receive and you pay for every bit over the line, basically. 
So I would really hope that local deployment become a real feasible, productive thing. I was hopeful up until a couple of months ago. Today, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I think uh, that train has passed. But again, yeah, just me. I know. I know some of my colleagues have been playing uh, around with uh, locally uh, local LLMs, trying to let them talk to a database. But I, from what I heard, they were not very successful yet. So that's mm. thing that's still well. We'll see where 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 it goes. Yeah. 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 I think it makes it makes sense. I I, I maybe maybe my my glasses are overly rosy rosy tinted, but uh, <laughs> you know I I think that. Uh, I hope at least that that we will see that that generational leap um, coming from open source. We'll see that uh, that that phase shift, that phase change that you you mentioned, Jan, and and uh, we'll we'll leap into a brand new future of of open source at the forefront. But I I do agree, like it's a little bit tough to see that from where we are now. Well, the whole new thing at the moment is having those AIs running on your mobile devices, right? You have these little thingies, clip-on, chest clip-on things that are supposed to use ChatGPT to do all this personal assistant thing. I mean, when is Google coming out with class 2.0 that has ChatGPT or Gemini built in at that point? So I think more that's going to be the next new thing, making it more commoditized, more for the people, which is a good thing. I mean, for once, AI is not limited to just the higher echelons of mathematicians or whatever. Everybody can have advantages of it, yeah. but uh, the dangers are really, really there. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, Marcelion, that you you would add in the in the wonderful world of uh, generative AI and LLMs and all this fun good stuff? Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, like it, it's definitely fun to learn about how this all stuff is working mm -hmm. and what is uh, what you can do with it and what you definitely should not do with it. Uh, but I do also agree with uh, a blog post from a while back from uh, Simon Willison. Simon Willison is uh, is uh, one of the people behind data set. Uh, he's uh, creating the data set uh, uh, tool and also I think he's behind Django, the Python uh, library. And he's playing around with uh, LLMs uh, very, uh, quite a lot and it's good fun to see what he's creating he's all, because he's also always a couple of steps ahead of me at least. <laughs> Uh, but he uh, he wrote uh, back in I think uh, April last year. Uh, well, the, the, these uh, AI assisted programming tools they do make me more uh, what do you call what do you call it more ambitious. I, I want to take on more ambitious hmm. projects, and I do have to say what he creates. He has some very fun tooling that you can use in Python, for example. Uh, that uh, yeah is is quite productive. I have to say. Um, Again, probably not tooling you want to have in your production pipeline, but uh, yeah, good, good, good stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I use one of his uh, Python libraries uh, to create embeddings for my astronomy news, uh, and that basically I use that uh, because I don't want to, I want to reduce my bill to OpenAI. So I was thinking, uh, I have a lot of a lot of these uh, astronomy news articles. They're basically repeating. So one side is repeating the news from another side. Mm -hmm. So NASA mm -hmm. puts out an article, then uh, someone else writes about it, then somebody copies that article. So I don't need OpenAI to 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 tag every article that is basically the same. So I found a way to use these embeddings to find out is this more or less a similar article, and uh, yeah, that kind of worked. Uh, yeah. I still have my doubts about some parts of it, but 
it definitely uh, like again, again, I check its work, uh, and and it's uh, looking pretty good for me. Yeah, I saw my bill reduced actually on uh, OpenAI, so that yeah, was cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. I imagine the next step is I just ask ChatGPT read the internet for me and build me a presentation <laughs> for the thing, right? And and then just tell it out as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a summary. Yeah, that would be would be great. And uh, also, uh, Simon Williamson also has a tool where you can uh, make it read out the, the uh, text, uh, mm -hmm. so like a podcast or something. Sorry, before we've been replaced a couple of sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, I do listen to one AI-generated podcast. It's called the Hacker News Recap. And uh, it uh, summarizes all the news from Y Combinator Hacker uh -huh. News. They have a lot of lot of interesting articles, but of course, nobody who has the time to read yeah. them all. And what they somebody built, uh, they're from the company called Wondercraft. They created, of course, they use the large language models to summarize the news, the top ten news, and then they have a voice uh, reading it for you. And it's, mm. uh, I listen to that every day. And now you also get to see the the broader lines in what 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 is creating for example it's always saying that there was a vibrant vibrant discussion going on in the in the chat <laughs> or uh, that kind of stuff you think oh yeah you're using that word again <laughs> yeah. so you, you can see some similarities from day to day but uh, yeah it uh, does help me quickly something similar with reddit a while ago and then they put some special stuff on reddit to make a whole bunch of automate automatically written web logs Put stuff up that was totally untrue. It was about World of Warcraft, something like that, and new mm, characters, okay. something like that. So again, any any kind of automation is great because you can always circumvent or subvert it, and that makes the world <laughs> a, ni a nicer, more interesting place. Yeah, it's well, uh, it's like well, it's, it's one, one one funny uh, comic I saw a while back. Uh, I think it's from Market Tunist, and you see in one uh, picture you see a guy saying, "Look." Uh, I have uh, have this bullet point, and I can make a large language model to create a whole article out of it, and then uh, send it by mail. And then at the other uh, next picture, you see someone saying, "And I have this mail with a whole lot of text, and I can summarize it to one bullet point." <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, I think we're going to see that a lot uh, in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. That makes well, sense. That hopeful note. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think the the that this this whole kind of um, this sort of state of Gen AI and, and LLMs really did sort of explode out of nowhere a handful of years ago, um, not very long ago now. And, uh, you know, with with if something like that can spring out of relatively nowhere, then uh, maybe the, the next generation, the next iteration, and the next part of that journey can as well. I guess we'll have to stay tuned and wait and see. <laughs> it's like a whole bunch of tools that being dropped over you from here. You can use these and then, oh, ow, these actually hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> let's not use that anymore. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's not do that. As long yeah. as we learn from the pain, Marcel Jan, that's, yeah. that's the main thing. <laughs> if, if we don't learn from the pain, that's where problems start evolving. Yeah. Masochism is us. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well... Thank you, Marcel Jan. Really, really appreciate you spending some time with us and uh, sharing some of your thoughts and experiences. It's been great uh, reconnecting again. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Yeah. soon. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. And that concludes our uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, interview with Marcel Jan on some of the some of the interesting uh, experiences and experiments he's been able to uh, have and do with you know all the various kind of gen ai tech so huge thanks once more 
to uh, Marcel Yon for both for kind of reaching out to us initially with some of his thoughts on uh, on a previous episode we'd had, and then agreeing to to come on to the podcast and and talk through this topic with us. It's really really great to uh, to you know, have guests come on and you know share their experiences and and uh, you know, Marcel Yon as always uh, wonderful uh, wonderful person to to have join us. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for being there. Absolutely. All right. Well, unless there's anything else from you, Jan. No, thank you. All right. Then that is all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast by becoming a Patreon. And really, every contribution does help. We are on YouTube. You can like and subscribe, hit the notification bell, do all the YouTube things. You can also go to roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page. And for more information about this podcast, you can send any feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until next time, my name is not replaced by Gen AI yet, Dave. And my name is, I will keep on trying, Jon. <laughs> <laughs> and we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then. Bye.